0: Working class parents across the country are scrambling to find one of the most essential goods on the market, formula for their babies. We need a new system. We need a new society. We need to demand that which may have sounded impossible even a few weeks ago, but is not only realizable, but an imperative necessity. excited to have Professor Richard Wolf join us again for our regular weekly segment where we talk about the biggest stories related to the economy, the state of the working class, and the crimes of big business. I'm your host, Brian Becker. The Socialist Program brings you content three days a week. Thanks to the support of our patrons at patreon.com forward slash the socialist program. We appreciate all of your support and encourage you to become a patron today if you enjoy listening to this show. Richard Wolff is the co-founder of the organization Democracy at Work. He's the author of many books, the latest being The Sickness is the System, When Capitalism Fails to Save Us from Pandemics or Itself. There's a new hard copy edition of Professor Wolff's book, Understanding Marxism. It's been released recently. It features a new lengthy introduction which strengthens the case for why Marxism is worth understanding. You can check out all of his work at rdwolf.com that's r d w o l f professor wolf welcome back
1: thank you brian glad to be here
0: i'm looking at fortune magazine professor wolf america is running out of baby formula because three companies control the market and babies aren't that profitable i thought like okay let's get started there that's a perfect headline for Fortune Magazine, and in a way, very insightful in terms of what this actual problem is. I'll just get you your first reactions to the presentation by Fortune Magazine, and then as we go forward, I want to go through some more of the details about why this crisis is happening in the richest country in the world, where parents are spending days and days and nights and family members in faraway cities are spending days and days and nights looking for formula so that their babies can continue to survive. Anyway, America is running out of baby formula because three companies control the market and babies aren't
1: that profitable. Your thoughts? Well, I would reverse the order of the Fortune magazine. The problem is profit, And the problem is a system that prioritizes profit over everything else. In this case, the health and well-being and literally the lives of babies in a culture. You could not have a starker demonstration of a classic criticism of capitalism that it puts profit above all else. It makes profit the bottom line. And boy, have we reached a bottom if we can't get baby formula for the millions of children who use it and need it and rely on it to grow up into the adults of our culture. About the three companies, I don't think it would make that much difference if there were six companies or nine companies. This is an attempt, this kind of headline, to shift the critique that is obvious here, namely that profit has led to a horrific outcome, to shift the criticism from that to the question of whether we have many more or many fewer businesses. This is part of a very old liberal game in which to save capitalism when it does something really ugly like this, by focusing not on how the capitalist system basically works, but rather on the very different question of whether competitive capitalism, relatively speaking, is a way lot better than monopoly capitalism, which is what you call it when one or a handful of firms dominate. I don't want to get lost in that stale, old debate. I'd rather deal with what is remarkable here, which is the willingness, even in its secondary role, for Fortune magazine, a spokes institution for capitalism, to recognize that profit is the problem. And let me explain what they mean so everyone is clear. For many reasons having to do with the difficulties of US capitalism over recent years, Human beings in this country, particularly younger people, are making the decision not to have children. The birth rate is at record lows in recent years in this country. And that means that the market for infant formula isn't growing very fast in this country. And you know what happens when companies face a market that isn't growing and may indeed be shrinking? Well, they lose interest. Corporations go where the profits are. So they're not going to be spending money or effort or anything else in a market they think is going to be a downward pressure on their profits In the years to come. And baby formula in a country where the birthright is falling is exactly that kind of situation. Nor are they willing to give up benefits that capitalists have pursued. For example, most of the stories about infant formula leave out a little detail. Europe produces infant formula for its babies and by the way, doesn't have this shortage problem. Hint, hint. The Europeans, however, don't bring their product to the United States because of a tariff. That's right. If you bring infant formula, up until yesterday when the government, in a panic, loosened these rules, didn't eliminate the tariffs, but loosened the rules for a moment, The tariff was undertaken under pressure from the infant formula makers in this country because they didn't want to have to face competition from Europe, where not only do they make infant formula that fulfills all the FDA requirements, it overdoes it. It makes even better quality than here by the scientific studies of this thing. But still, it didn't come to the United States. Because the producers here, the capitalists, wanted a protected market. And what they got from the government, to whom I'm sure they made useful donations out of the purity of their hearts, they got the protection they wanted. So that until today, 98% of the infant formula consumed in the United States is produced. In the United States. We have to pay more for it because of the tariffs, but that's profit in the hands of the producers, and they rewarded the society that gives them the protection by running a shortage, don't you know? And then finally, the issues that got the most attention, which deserved the least. Number one, that the largest company, Abbott Laboratories, was so lax in its production methods that it introduced two pathogens, one that is cancer causing, uh, the other one I don't remember at the moment, but two different things got into the milk, infant formula rather. There were discoveries back in September, there was a whistleblower inside Abbott who alerted the authorities, I believe in October of last year, and it took them until now six, seven, eight months later for the FDA to get involved. And they really only got involved because it becomes a political problem for the Democrats, since the Republicans take advantage of this situation against every element of which they never protested, to now blame the Democrats for the shortage of infant formula. It is a show of of mean, narrow, profit-driven, politically driven yelling and screaming only because you have, as the real bottom line, sacrificed the babies to make a bit more profit.
0: I'm so glad, Richard, that you put it into this context because When people who don't have babies and, as a consequence, aren't spending hours and hours every day going from store to store and driving sometimes hundreds of miles looking for infant formula and undoubtedly getting more and more desperate, if you're not one of those people, you wouldn't have known that there was a shortage of infant formula. I certainly didn't know that until the, the media starts to make an issue out of it. But this thing has been going on since the early part of 2021. I think that's really important. It's gotten a lot worse lately, but people have been driving around looking for infant formula for the past 18 months in the middle of COVID. And I think the point that you're making about what these companies are producing and why they're producing and why they're not producing enough infant formula because they can get more profits by producing something else Like it's their decision. It's their decision. It's not society's decision. It's their decision. And so as a consequence, we sort of miss the, it's sort of like coming into the movie at the very end of the movie and thinking, you know, actually what's going on when you really can't. Abbott Nutrition is the food sector arm of medical device and healthcare giant Abbott laboratories. And this company makes a, a lot of products, not simply infant formula. It's a Wide range of carb-loaded drinks, energy drinks, powder and liquid baby formula amongst them. It maintains a global manufacturing network. A lot of its production is overseas. In fact, they only have one factory in Sturgis, Michigan, inside the United States, and that's the one that had the poisoned infant formula. Two babies actually died from it. Four others, two others fell ill and did not die. And the FDA finally moved in and after this whistleblower report in October 2021 came out, and then FDA shut it down. But I think it's so important because it gets to the core issue, doesn't it? That what we need as a society, and constantly we obviously need mother's milk and in many cases infant formula and other food products for infants and toddlers, we know that's going to be a desperate need, an essential need. And yet all of the decision making about what to produce, where to produce it, all of it's in the hands of this tiny, tiny group. It's, it is really demonstrative of the dictatorship of capital, like the moms who can't find infant formula or the dads who can't find infant formula for their infants. They have the right to vote every two or four years for some politician, but they actually don't have these fundamental rights in society guaranteed such that their children will never be deprived of that, which is obviously very easily producible, but just some group of people, the capitalists, have chosen not to produce it in sufficient quantities.
1: You know that uh, this leads logically, smoothly, and immediately into a, a further observation. One group of capitalists makes the decision that it is going to not invest in, not guarantee, not stockpile infant formula, which would have been the logical thing to do in a pandemic, would have been the logical thing to do when you can't obviously predict how birth rates will go up or down in the next year, two or three, because of all the variables that cause that. They chose not to stockpile. They chose not to make the investments. And here's then the irony. That creates a shortage. And what happens in a shortage? Well, in our society, the market is allowed to take over. Please notice that when President Biden and all the other officials talk about taking steps to deal with something that threatens babies, they can't imagine the following. Don't let this important item be handled in a market system, in a private capitalist profit-driven system. Have the government step in and produce this according to what people need, namely to feed their babies the appropriate formula in the uh, substituting for breast milk, etc. Do it in the logical way. They don't. And here's the irony of ironies. They let the market now handle it. And I don't know if you've noticed, but if you didn't, go check it. There have been massive sales of infant formula at highly inflated prices, many times more than the normal price of recent years for infant formulas of the various kinds that are made. Whether it's over the internet or in any other way, In come the people who see an opportunity, it's the capitalist system, they buy up the infant formula, wherever they can find it, thereby worsening the shortage, and then saying, oh, but I can let you have it if you pay me two, three, four times. And since parents are not going to sacrifice their children in most cases, they're going to pay the money. So we have the added horrific spectacle that not only is there a shortage, but there's a massive program of market-driven ripoff of the people stuck with this shortage to allow the tiny minority of people that do all this that run these companies and play these market games, ripping off wherever they can. That's a society that does only not fail to punish people that are hurting one another, but cannot even afford to see it, to admit it, to write it up. Has to look for any other excuse to look the other way, do the other thing. It's extraordinary. And now... To do nothing other than let the market work, I might mention that the stopgap measures agreed to in the last couple of days are allowing Nestle Corporation, for example, which works through the Gerber company that they bought years ago, they are now being allowed to bring in European infant formula as a kind of temporary stopgap. But it is way too little, and it's way too late. And meanwhile, Abbott can go ahead, take whatever time it needs to fix whatever problems the FDA discovered also too late. It is a spectacle of capitalism's dysfunction.
0: When I was doing a little bit of research about Abbott and why why is it that this company, this U.S.-owned transnational corporation, has one only one factory in Sturgis, Michigan, that's producing baby formula. Well, obviously, the answer is they've outsourced they've put overseas other manufacturing. They did a lot of building of manufacturing facilities in China when I was looking for why are there the restrictions or the inability to find infant formula. You know one of the things that comes up in the headlines is China's COVID 19 policies have led to these unprecedented lockdowns, and as a consequence, factories are not able to open and basically blaming China. And when you think about what's happened in the last 10 years, Richard, where the Trump administration said China stole our jobs and China's taking advantage of us and China created the virus, everything China, China, China. And at the same time, the U.S reoriented its military doctrine, preparing for war with China, major power conflict, war with China and Russia. And now, you know, in a way, blaming China for any shortages because the Chinese government is actually trying to stop large numbers of people from dying in Shanghai. So they're to blame for that, too. But when you think about it, why did Abbott go to China? Nobody, the Chinese did not put a gun to Abbott's head and said, we're going to require you to come and set up Uh, facilities here instead of Ohio or Michigan or Pennsylvania. I mean, they did this because they could pay Chinese labor, you know, one-tenth of what they're paying U.S. labor. And then at the end of the day, when they do it, the capitalists do it, the Americans are told, blame China, blame China. Anyway, it's this vicious cycle. And it's really important as socialists to have a socialist perspective so as not to be duped by this kind of poisonous nationalism that's used to scapegoat other people in other countries, rather than the principal problem, which is the capitalist class and the capitalist system itself.
1: Look, I mean, the whole issue of China, the bad mouthing of China, the scapegoating of China, yeah, it is a very sad spectacle. Here we are this week, noticing with sadness that we've crossed the 1 million mark official death count from COVID. And the American media dealing with that fails to tell us that China is a country with four times the population of the United States, and it has barely crossed 10,000 deaths from COVID. When they shut down cities like Shanghai and so on, big cities, It is in the name of and for the purpose of stopping the spread of COVID. They are sacrificing economically to preserve human life. This could be, and if there was a consistent commitment to life, this could be a subject of celebration. Instead, it's a mean-spirited, denial of what has been achieved there and why it was achieved and what price they are willing to pay to make sure they don't have numbers anything like what the United States just did in sacrificing its own people. It's extraordinary. And to use all of that as a way to foment hostility and hatred and bitterness in the interest of lining folks up, for yet another war it is you know it it makes you shake your head in a kind of disbelief and i think many americans don't understand about this not because they're cruel or agree with it but because they look away the way you look away when something scary or dangerous or hurtful happens around you you don't want to see the misery you don't want to be engaged by the horror so you kind of look away and hope like a little child that if you don't see it maybe it isn't there
0: one of the things that really jumped out at me in the last couple days richard as i was doing again more sort of research and poking around about the latest covid surge that's taking place and it really is happening it's a highly transmissible subvariant of omicron Uh, A lot of people are testing positive. Doesn't mean they're necessarily all dying, but a lot of people are getting sick, and that has a very big impact on schools. It has an impact on families. Even if you you know you're not deathly ill, and a lot of people, of course, sadly are deathly ill. Getting COVID is a big deal, and especially if you're you know unable to work or unable to do the things that you were planning on doing. In the middle of this, Richard, American, U.S. Mask makers are going out of business. Yeah, they're going out of business. Here's from two months ago, about six weeks ago, New York Times. Why American mask makers are going out of business. Efforts to make the supply chain more resilient after pandemic shortages are no match for low priced foreign products, the companies say. Anyway, this is again blaming China for producing low cost masks. U.S. mask producing companies are going out of business. So we're actually, we created, the next thing I'm going to say is only unique and distinctive to capitalism. We overproduce masks. Like how do you overproduce masks in the middle of a pandemic? Anyway, let's talk about that.
1: Yes. Overproduction is one of those wonderful words with which people are Fooled about the problems of a system by being made to believe that somehow they're natural. Let me give you an example. Many people over the decades, over the centuries, have argued that the business cycle, this horrific downturn of capitalist economies, on average every four to seven years, millions of people thrown out of work, many, many businesses go bankrupt, and all of that, that this is somehow quote unquote natural. It's like a rainstorm. Nobody gets terribly excited and shakes their fist at the heaven because it's uh, raining. You understand it to be natural, or you might think of it in terms of the theory of natural selection, that a business downturn, as my professor at the university once told me, is a way of weeding out the less efficient firms in an industry. And so we should all not only be not upset about all the unemployment and all the broken businesses and wrecked communities, but we should see that as a necessary, natural part of human progress. This is a clever ploy to get people not to face a system's failures. You don't need to collapse production every four to seven years. You don't need to throw people out of work. This is craziness. And calling it natural only distracts people from doing what they ought to do, which is get together and fix the problem. You know, slavery had a lot of problems along the way. Southern slavery in this country, slavery everywhere. And every time slavery had a problem, right away... The defenders of slavery told us, no, 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 that's just the way slavery is. It's part of nature, just like it's part of nature that some people are master-type people and other people are slave-type people. It's always been that way, it's that way now, and it always will be. That was false for slavery, and it is equally false right now. We don't need neither the ups and downs of the business cycle, nor the lunatic argument that we can't have enough masks available to protect our population from a terrible disease, which can be significantly reduced in its damage if we wear masks. It is such a horrific admission, if you understand it, that the system is breaking down. It can't guarantee infant formula to babies. It can't guarantee masks to its people. It is so busy making profits by keeping foreign producers out of the market or putting a burden on them. Look, I don't have any problem if you want to give the business to your local Population, but you got to face up. If that happens, will the price be higher or lower? If the price is lower, well, then go for it. If the price is higher, well, then you have to weigh the benefit of having this stuff locally against the price being higher than what you would pay for imports. This is not rocket science. You sit down, you lay it out honestly for your people, and then you let a democratic decision decided. That would be rational. That would be, by the way, socialism. We don't do that. We pretend as a culture that the peculiar capitalist way, even when it threatens our health, even when it threatens our babies, it must be It has to be. We can let it go that way. And if there's a big hue and cry about insufficient baby formula, you know what? We will allow people to take advantage of that and sell the baby formula they've grabbed for themselves at a heightened price, so that not only are families terrified they won't get it, but if they finally get some baby formula, they'll be ripped off financially to do it. I mean, this is a capitalism that has demonstrated to us now, literally every day, you don't work for the mass of these people. You make a few people rich, but at the expense, literally, of the mass of the people in the society. It's at moments like this that it dawns on more and more people that this system is overdue to be changed.
0: Richard Wolff is the co-founder of the organization Democracy at Work. He's the author of many books. The latest being the sickness is the system when capitalism fails to save us from pandemics or itself. There's a new hard copy edition of Professor Wolf's book, Understanding Marxism, which includes a new lengthy introduction, strengthening the case for why Marxism is worth understanding. You can check out all of his work at rdwolf.com. That's rdwolff.com. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to The Socialist Program with Brian Becker, where we bring you news and views about the world for those who want to change it. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and watch video episodes of our in-depth show, The Real Story, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on YouTube with our partner, Breakthrough News. We can only continue our work bringing you high-quality news, analysis, and history with the support of our listeners. Connect with us and become a patron at patreon.com slash the socialist program and receive an invitation to participate in an exclusive monthly seminar with Brian Becker.